fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Thursday Night CrossFit Talk on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. And late. Like, this is late for me. Yeah, it's kind of late. It's kind of late. I, you know, the older I get, the later this feels. Um, I used to be such a night owl. Like, my my old circadian rhythm was like 2 a.m., go to bed, sleep till 10, 11, that was a perfect day for me. And yeah. I had to get yeah. a real job. And now 845 seems like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm but, wide awake. So. <laughs> yeah. So you are going to carry the show. So I'm going to turn it over to Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> well, the reason we're here is because the breaking news that came out yesterday where it was announced that Justin Berg was leaving CrossFit and that Dave Castro would be taking his place as the general manager of sport. So that's the big news. There wasn't a whole lot. Um, A lot of other shows have shown um, the letter to affiliates I actually have a copy of it on my phone. Um, and so I can read it. It was super short, super, super short. It said, dear affiliates, I'm writing to let you know, Justin Berg will be moving on from CrossFit. Dave Castro will step in to lead our sport team as we prepare to have an amazing 2023 games. We are fortunate to have a talented team and they are working hard to deliver a world-class event. We are hoping, we are looking forward to seeing many of you in Madison soon. Best, Austin. Who was that? Who was that? Austin. Austin Maliello. Maliello. Oh, okay. He is the director of affiliates for CrossFit. So okay. it would be appropriate that he would be the one sending the email to the affiliates. Mm-hmm. Um. Huge shout out to our new researcher, Holly Dugan. Um, she's the one that got that obtained that for me. Um, and she's the one that verified that it was Austin Maliello um, as the Austin who signed that. Um, and it made sense. It made sense that that's who that would be. Um, but a lot, but it was unclear to some when they were reading it on their shows. So in the last 32 hours, I think I have taken in every show that's talked about this new story um, just to kind of get a feel. And I know that we are slow to kind of talk about this, but I'm a guy who likes to sit and let things kind of marinate over me and not just be reactionary, but think about what it is that's going on with this, what it may mean to the sport. Um, And so I guess we can go ahead and dive into that. Um, first and foremost, um, I want, so first and foremost, uh, let's talk about Justin Berg leaving. Um, Justin, I, I understand all of the frustrations that people have had with Justin and his, I will call it political talk. I work for the government. I know what that talk is like. I'm used to it on a daily basis. Um, And so that is what we got from Justin Berg, in my opinion, over the last seven, in the last few years that I've been involved with CrossFit from a media perspective. Right. I think Justin's a nice guy. From on a personal note, we had a good relationship with Justin. He knew who Clydesdale Media was. He raved about us 
to the people at CrossFit. Um, so much so that Don Fall knew who I was at Wadapalooza without me ever meeting him. Um, so I get conflicted with things like this that have happened because we have worked our worked so hard to make inroads in a way that allows us the access to these events that we've been getting lately. And it was a lot of work getting there. And the people who have kind of championed us into that, while I may not agree with them completely in, in their stances on things, were the people that got us there. So there is some emotion about him leaving. And what does that mean for us going forward? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Bruce asked, I feel like it, um, he, well, he asked, why didn't Don put that statement out? I feel like it should be a CEO's job. And that would have been my first. That's why I asked you who wrote, who was that from? Um, but your reply on that, like, totally makes sense. Because my first thought was, like, that should have been probably a Don speech. So, but I think we've had this, we had this discussion in our hotel room. Uh, we did it on the air a little bit. We talked about it in the hotel room. I think Don is a guy who is very calculated about the decisions he makes. And he is not going to be fast to react to things. And he puts people in place to do their job. Right. Austin is the director of affiliates. He's the one who has the relationship, the direct relationship to the affiliates. So in my opinion, from a business perspective, it, his thought process is, this is the guy who has the relationship. That's who they want to hear from. We don't have a, we don't have a strategic plan in place yet as to what all this means and what this is. If you look at the internal document that was out as well, it goes on to say, we will include more details later when we firm up what all of that is. And that is me paraphrasing that. But, and I think when all of that comes out, that will come from Don. Yeah, possibly. I mean, do we think this is a Don sole decision? Or do we think the board is still pulling some strings? So, you know my feelings. I think this is a Don decision. I would agree. So I think that Don has observed. We talked about the layoffs that happened right before semifinals. I told you that I thought that Don had looked over everything and came to a decision that he needed to trim the fat. That's what he did before semifinals. It didn't affect the games team at that time. So it really, the timing didn't, even though we love the sport, it was not about the sport. It was about, some of the other aspects of CrossFit. And um, talking to Don at Wadapalooza and at, in Pasadena at the press conference, I get a feeling that he is very genuine and very calculated about what he does. Like when I asked him a question, he did not have the answer. In that moment, he said, I don't know. I don't have the answer but I will get back to you on what we're going to do with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which was, is very different than a Justin Berg answer. Justin Berg would talk about how the birds are tweeting outside and how it's, it's a lovely day for CrossFit and that everything's going to be great. Um, and kind of just gloss over whatever it is. The question was. Right. And I, and I know that you've been very busy this week. If you talk to the, so what's crazy is talking elite fitness has a, a, an interview recorded with Justin Berg days before this happened. Oh. They, that they have chose not to air because there, there are things that just, I think they want people to look at it before they air it. But there so, was a comment in there that I, this is what I just want to get out at this point. There was a comment in there about that they have mismanaged the funds for the game season and they don't have as much to finish off the night, the, the, not the night, but the season as they had planned on having. 
So that came out of that interview with, and that was from, he was interviewed by Brian Friend, Tommy Marquez, and Lauren Khalil. And they all confirmed that that came out of that discussion. To me, hmm. the, the, with everything that I've listened to, that would be the damning thing that would make this happen now. Man, I mean, do we think he was fired? Or do we think he stepped away? I, I don't think we'll, no. Okay. In, in the corporate world, people are going to make it look however they need it to look. They probably offered him the opportunity to step away. That is my guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he chose to take that route rather than to be fired. So that on his resume going forward, he doesn't have got fired from CrossFit. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what that mismanagement of funds means. It was very vague what we got in that. I hope someday they air that, that interview because that is huge. Um, and, and Brian made a good point. Like Justin's role is to get sponsors, to get partners, to get all these things. Right. And if, if the mismanagement kind of happened now, you want someone in place to build those relationships with those partners, with those sponsors, with all of that at the games, that's where you're selling what you want them to buy. Right. Because you're doing that for 2024. All of that's already yeah. been done in 2023. Like it is locked in in place. When you go to the games this year, you're whining and dining all those people that you want to become your partners in 2024. And whining and dining is just, uh, you know, the loose term for that interaction that happens, but you want to highlight the games and show them what you, kind of a show you can put on, show them the party that you can have all of that stuff and be able to bring them back, back on. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, I thought at one point that I was under the impression that um, Ben Bergeron was a part of Noble. Do you, can, do you know if that's true? Um, I, he was initially back in the day yeah. as a right. Very, very minor investor. Okay. Um, small percentage. Like, I think I heard like 2.5%, something, something okay. like that. Um, and don't quote me on that. I'm trying to bring that off of memory. Um, but yeah, when we were a comp train gym back in the day, I used to listen to his podcast. And I think that question came up and he said, like he was a small investor in that and the the squeezy uh, things. Oh, fuel for fire? Yes. I love those. Yeah. So, like, and both very small. Okay. For some reason, I thought he had, like, a somewhat bigger role in that, but, um, and then, like, him stepping out of coaching and Noble laying off, like, I don't know, I just felt like there was a lot of, like, players maybe with all kinds of things going wrong, but I guess if he's very small, no correlation, but. Um, so Corey said, no way he just steps away. I believe that he was asked to step away or if he chose not to, he would be fired. Yeah. So yeah. in most of those cases, you really don't have the choice because you're going to be fired if you don't step away and you step away to keep your resume clean. Now, do you, you believe that he, so he's the one who was like, he's the one who was like in charge of managing the funds for the game season. Yes. So, so is, he missed me. If you go to his LinkedIn account, that is one of the things listed on his description now he he's putting that title on there 
you know, I don't have access to the CrossFit job titles and descriptions on his LinkedIn account, which it still lists him as general manager of sport. It does list that as one of his things. It is very, very much not what we picture Dave Castro doing. I want to point that out. It is very much like a partner relationship type thing that he described. It's IT backend. It's um, the funds, managing the funds to make everything. It's very much a more like an executive director level, not a day-to-day in the grind of it type thing. But that, again, is his subscribe title on LinkedIn. I mean, have they had just like sort of free reign with the budget in the past and things got away from them? Like, I don't understand how you mismanage the funds for the games. Over 2018. Say that again? When I think the days of free reign budget were over in 2018. Okay. That is when Greg made the big change in two, right after the 2018 games. And he said, I'm tired of the open checkbook and I'm going to tweak it and make. So I think from that point forward, there was a budget for the games. Yeah. So now I want to get into the Dave Castro of all this. So, and again, none of this is official. Like we don't, I read you what was sent to affiliates the internal memo was not much bigger than that, other than it had an extra paragraph that said, we will let you know when we know. Mm-hmm. So the Dave Castro of it all. So first and foremost, and I, and I do want your opinions on this as an athlete, right? Because everything I'm watching, depending on the role you play in this sport, depends on how you feel about this move. Right. It's very much about how does it affect me? And if you are an athlete, you feel one way. If you're a coach, you feel one way. If you're a media person, maybe you feel another way. And so um, I'm going to tell you right off the top and be totally transparent. I have a lot of mixed emotions about this. And, um, and I like Dave and for complete transparency, Dave's Week in Review podcast, the audio version of that is housed on our platform. So just so you know, like I have a relation, we have a relationship with Dave. I will say Kat has fostered that relationship more than any of us. Okay. And we haven't even announced that we, this is the first time we're even saying we have it. But if I'm going to make comments about him, I want it known that we have that, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that there are some good aspects to Dave coming on. And first and foremost, um, they need to tighten some shit up. Right? First and foremost, while I don't want to give Dave a pass on everything he did when he was um, the programmer, the director, all of that stuff of the games because he still brought out handstand push-ups that were a disaster. He still had the sled fiasco with on the wet, the dry, the shade, the sun, all of that. So it's not like those things didn't happen under his regime. However, it was usually one, a one thing in an event. This season, it's been multiple things at multiple events. The fact that sled was a disaster that would never have happened under a Castro regime. He tests things way too much to know that that would have of what would have happened there. The other thing is two different size rucksacks never would have happened under Dave's regime. Right. But I do want like to pump the brakes because like I was watching Savon and John saying set or there would never have been runners under the Castro administration or Castro regime. He's had runners at semifinals. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's pump the brakes a little bit, right? Like that, yeah. that has would he have, before. Would he have used them twice in two different events? No. I would agree with that. Like he would minimize that kind of stuff. Right. Um the other thing is 
they're in PR crisis right now. <clears throat> the fact that it has gotten out that there is a mismanagement of funds, that is not a good thing. That has, and if, it, if that gets out and it's leaking out now. The other yeah. thing is, while there were sellouts in the, in, like, I don't know if Orlando sold out officially. It, Pasadena definitely sold out. Torian definitely sold out. Europe definitely sold out. I don't know how the other ones did, but it, the attendance was way up at semifinals. That is not the time to screw everything up. Yeah. Right. When you get the, the place full, don't have events that are clusters in the middle of the, like, yeah. And the other thing you have full houses. And I think while you and I may disagree about Adrian's programming as a whole, I do think where Adrian is weak is telling the story where Castro was phenomenal. You knew who was in first, you knew who was in second based on the way he laid out the workout. And that wasn't easy to tell at semifinals, in my opinion. Absolutely so, agree with that. Crowd, we may have screwed the pooch. Yep. Right. So I think from a PR perspective, you've got to get Castro in there. He's a familiar face. He knows how to do those little things to make every those things better. And if you're going to bring people to the games to wine and dine them, to try to sell them sponsorships and partnerships and to come on as, as someone that's going to help CrossFit move forward, you better tighten that shit up. Like no more sled fiascos, no more like not being able to tell who's in the lead. No, no more of that stuff. We need to put on a show that people can see. Um, the other thing is, it is obvious that nobody in this world wants the games to succeed more than Dave Castro. Right. Just flat out. This is his baby. 2007. He started as a barbecue to let people like settle the score from the web debates. And it's grown into something much greater than that, that we all love and enjoy now. But none of as much as we all love this, nobody loves it more than Dave. Right. Mm -hmm. um, my next one is I hope I hope that the final plan is that Dave is at a, as a higher level right where where he kind of gets to oversee and be the checks and balances of it all this is my wish that he's up there and out of the day day to day like if, if Boz needs help with programming, he's there to help, but he's not doing it. We need him to like communicate what the games are. We need him to build those relationships with the partners and the sponsors to sell what we're, what we're bringing. Someone who loves it so much and is willing to like do whatever he can to, to sell that. And that's got to be his priority. If the sport's going to grow, we need him as the spokesperson for all this and not buried in at the ranch for six weeks without light, trying to figure out the programming for the entire season. Yes, but isn't that why his stories were so good and why there was very few hiccups if there were? Because it like... We, somewhere there's a breakdown. Someone's not doing enough testing. They don't have, they don't have the space. I don't know what's going on there. They're not getting enough diverse athletes in there to test these multiple times. Um, maybe, maybe Dave can get that through Baza's head and fix some of things. I don't know. So. I think that can be done without Dave in the day-to-day. -day. Dave can make that directive. Dave can say, hey, pause. Let me teach you what, what I know, right? Let me be your mentor instead of your boss. Yeah. Um, 
and direct him that I want this thing tested 50 times or I want mm-hmm. this thing tested 12 times or whatever, whatever it is that needs tested. And you should tell me the results so that we can figure this out. And then hopefully that teaches Boz what needs to be done going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And probably looking over, I mean, he's going to, he's going to have to step in unless if till Boz gets this down where he's looking at movement on the floor and not just flipping over numbers on someone's scorecard that nobody can follow along with. Like it has to progress. We have to understand what's happening. Yeah. I think, they were trying to cheat. They, they were cheating, trying to tell the story with those flip cards and it needed to be done in a, in a more organic way. Like it's been done. And Bruce, what I will tell you is as a volunteer, like I've been volunteering at the games and at semifinals since 2013. Boz is busy. Boz is busy with judging so when we moved Boz up, I think we weakened judging. Yeah. Right. So, and, and we, and so what, and I am telling you when, when I was at the games, Dave was hands-on 100%. It was his baby. And what I have in my notes later is Brian friend um, compared Dave to a parent. And I would say, Back then, when I was volunteering at the game, he was a helicopter parent. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. So we would be out setting this stuff. So Strongman's Fear 2017, you had all those strong implements that people had to move down North Park from one end to the other with handstand walk back each time, if you remember that event. Mm-hmm. He, yep. out, we, he changed the way the rope was on the sled 10 minutes before we went live and he's out there with a roll of duct tape with us, making sure that it's the way he wants it and that the rope lays the way it's supposed to lay on the, on the carpet. Like that's how much this dude cares about what everything is at the games. But we're at a point where helicopter parenting isn't what we need. We, we need nurturing and the games to grow and for more people to be around the, the games to support it and move it forward. That is my opinion. <laughs> and again, Corey, I think that they were around each other, but that doesn't mean you're teaching. You both have roles and, and you're focused on your role at the time. Boz was the leader of all the judges and as a judge, I'm telling you, he was the definitive yes or no on everything. Like we looked up to him, like most people look up to Dave, like, and their roles were completely separate. They could be best of friends, but when it came to that weekend, I don't think I ever saw them together. So. The other thing is, um, Dave always felt the sport was important, which I am so tired of hearing, we're not about the sport, we're about the affiliates. Our priority is the affiliates, not the sport. You own all of this. It all has to be important. I'm not saying that you should de-emphasize the affiliates at all, but you can, you can prioritize the sport and the affiliates, especially when you have different people running each side. And I think that's where Dawn is trying to get to is getting the right people in place on each pillar of CrossFit to run it the way it needs to run both independently, but talking to each other. Yeah, I I worry a little bit that he is tr- trying to shrink the games department and just effort that they put into it as a company. 
So none of the moves he has made thus far have shrunk the game's the game side of CrossFit. The layoffs were all on the affiliate side. Well, he took out the occupational games already. He took he they lowered some of the like he's take he is trying to dial back so, the reach a little bit of the games. I feel like. Okay. So also ballied about in this unseen talking elite fitness interview. There, there is talk of bringing back the invitational. Ooh, there talk of all of that stuff. So I don't, I don't think that they're trying to shrink it again. I don't think Don has had enough time to do his full assessment and for you to see his plan. I think we're used to like someone like Eric Rosa. Well, we've only had a couple owners, right? And Rosa's mm-hmm. not really an owner, but a figurehead, right? You had Glassman. Glassman's gone. Rosa comes in. Rosa just spews out whatever comes out of his mouth about whatever he believes. And we got instant, but it wasn't real. Then we moved to Don Fall. And I think what we're getting is a guy who's thinking very logically about what he wants this to be and how we need what we need to do to get there. And it's not going to be every boss I've had. That's been awesome. When they've come in to take over has always sat and observed for a month or two before they've, they ever said a word and made any changes. The bad bosses came in and just started shooting from the hip and doing whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I think in my interactions with Don, I believe that he's a good boss. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point and that he's observing. And now he's starting to put his plan in place and we don't see what the full range of that is yet. Yeah. yeah. Because well, we can get into that later. Cause that's not what this is about. So, so many people walk into affiliates because they saw the documentary or, or the games on ESPN. And I think we keep forgetting that I've interviewed a lot of human interest stories and all of them talk about, I saw this thing on ESPN and I just wanted to be a part of it. Well, you don't see the affiliates on ESPN, right? So to grow CrossFit, you grow. I think if you grow the sport, you are, you are doing that. Um, and as I said, hiding behind the affiliates are a priority um, as an excuse for why things aren't going the way they are in sport has to end. Yeah. So that is, that is my, the good side of Dave coming in, which is a lot of good. And I've met Dave, like I've met Dave a few times. I like Dave. He's been nothing but kind to me. Um, but we are going to get into some of the bad. I'm going to start with just the caution. And I've kind of said this already. And that is we need to stop looking at Dave as a savior. Like we need to have realistic expectations. It's six weeks before the games. He loves this sport. And I know he's going to do his damnedest to do as much as he can to, to right the ship. But it's only six weeks and we have to have realistic expectations as to what that means, especially if it is true that funds were mismanaged and he doesn't have the budget that he should for the games. Yeah. Right. So I just want everybody to take a deep breath. I know you like Dave, you love Dave, but he's under, he's under some duress coming in at this stage of where we are. So I, there's a couple bad things. And I'm hoping that this has changed, but I think one of the things why Dave has to come in now is there is a concern whenever you have questions about integrity of your sport, like, is it fair for all the competitors to have a shot to win an event or win or do the best they can in an event? And when you say sleds suck, ruck bags are different sizes Air runners aren't working the same for everybody. 
you're losing the integrity of the sport. And if you lose that, you're done. You're done. And so I think that is why Dave is being brought in to bring back the integrity of the sport. But I think what he has to remember is he needs to keep that integrity because Dave is famous for having grudges. Yeah. Grudges with athletes. And when you publicly state that you have a grudge with an athlete and you have any, any way to manipulate the programming to determine the outcome. And I, in my heart of hearts, I know Dave would not manipulate the programming in that way. But if the general public knows that you have a grudge with somebody and you're the person determining what the, the programming is, that can be a detriment to the sport. And I think that Dave needs to reel that in publicly. Yeah. You can think whatever you want in your mind, but you can't say those things. If I'm the commissioner of the NFL and I say, I hate those chiefs, those damn bastards. All of a sudden, everybody thinks I've got it out for the chiefs and I'm going to change the schedule. I'm going to do whatever it is for the chiefs to, to go down. Mm -hmm. so that is, um, so that is something he has to control. Two, uh, communication. Everybody's talking about how J Dave always tells it straight. Dave may tell it straight when he is actually talking, but there's a lot of times where they do not, he did not communicate what was going on uh, with his vision of the games or this or that. And I understand there are times when you're negotiating things that you can't let that leak out to the public, but when it's available to come out, they need to stop using just Instagram and Dave's account to release information. You have third-party media now that is growing bigger and bigger and bigger, and you need to use them in news releases to get, to get news out to the general public in an official way and using multiple platforms to do so. And then the, my last bad thing, and then I will turn it over to Jamie, and that is this is my biggest fear for me personally. This is my biggest thing may not affect any of you. And that is inner circle thinking for a very, very long time. The CrossFit crew went OG. If you were an OG, you were in the circle. And if you weren't, you weren't. And we have, we have dug ourselves us personally. Clydesdale media has scratched and clawed our way into a position where we can actually be at the table as a media member. And I don't want any of that to go away now that this is going back to the older regime. Like the, the doors are open. Let's keep them open so that there can be competition um, and not just one entity reporting out um, news. Mm -hmm. So those are my three just cautions going into this that I want everybody to think about. And, and I do want to express one thing that Justin Kotler said on death by Justin Kotler was very vehement about that. Dave never asked the athletes for feedback and never asked the coaches for feedback. And they never had a place at the table under the new regime there. While it wasn't perfect, it was getting to a place where they had a place at the table and got to give their opinion. And he went as far to say that if you gave your opinion, you would get blocked on Instagram. You would get, um, you would get kind of blackballed in the sport. And that goes back to the grudge thing, right? Mm -hmm. When you speak out publicly against um, Dave or what the decisions were, he, there was a fallout for doing so. And I have heard that from several, several athletes that we have interviewed. Yeah. And Justin yeah. was just the brave one to say it um, on a show on Death By last night um, that 
that needs to stop if we're going to move forward in the sport. And the PFAA and the coaches and athletes need to have a say, some, at least to be able to give feedback. Maybe not have say <laughs> what the events are or anything like that, but to give feedback in what they're feeling or what, how they feel it's going so that it can be heard um, at CrossFit HQ. So that is, that is my good, my caution, and my bad about what's, what I think this all means. Um, at the end of the day, I think that they had to bring Dave in because of certain things that were happening, and most specifically the PR nightmare. They, they need to get the ship, ship right, righted before the games so that they can sell partnerships and sponsorships for next season where they're going to be in a really deep hole. Yeah. So Bruce says doing that publicly is different from bringing it up as a concern. I, I, it shouldn't matter. I mean, Pat should, Valner should be able to walk off the floor and talk about how he felt a workout went, went without that making Dave butt her about something that in his programming, like, or boss, but like in like anyone should be able to walk off floor and say what they would like to say about the programming, how they felt it was like, no, and nobody should take offense to that. Um, it, you know, whether they think it's a okay workout or a piece of equipment was not great. Like let them voice their concerns. It, they should have that right publicly. Yeah. And I would, I would argue that back in, back in that time when the sled incident happened and Pat voiced his concerns, um, there was no avenue to uh, – there was no seat at the table for him to voice that feedback in a non-public way. Right. Right. So there, was, there were no options back then for, for them to do it in a way that was privately behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think and either way is, should be okay. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, it, it's like us judging the judges, right? Like, like Hitler, Hitler calling out judges. Like you just have to have a thick skin and people are going to have opinions and talk about the events, the programming, like everything, the judges. So I like learn to like listen to the feedback and grow, adapt, like use that, use the feedback. It might, you know, it might not be great. You might not agree with any of it, but you should, you should be open to hearing it. I agree. I, you know, doing a public media thing, uh, we get, we get feedback all the time. And you have to learn to have a thick skin. You really do. And if it's constructive, like I look at it as, oh, thank you. Like I do need to do better with that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, and Wad Zombie says, if Pat's angry, just let Jamie talk to him about it. Oh, I'd be so happy to. <laughs> she did such a good job in Pasadena. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there needs to be like systems in place for athletes and coaches to give feedback, mm -hmm. right? If you don't want, like, I think Dave actually would be better if there was a system in place where they had a place at the table to give that feedback rather than do it out on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I agree with you, they, they have the right to say whatever they want to say whenever they say it without getting blocked or without. Yeah. A grudge or anything like that. But I think that Dave being in a military guy would love to have a system in place where people could give the feedback and he could hear it behind closed doors as constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, I will say at the end of the day, I like the fact as these moves are kind of coming together, I like the direction that Don is taking things. It just, it seems more thoughtful than we've had in the past. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. 
I know I am probably in the minority on that one. Every time I bring up that I, I like Don and what he's doing, I get, I get a lot of that um, public feedback. Um, but I do, I think he's, this is the stuff I geek out about. Like I have my graduate degree is in business. I love studying this stuff. I love studying how it's going. And I really think he's bringing in um, some good stuff and really being thoughtful about the process and to do everything within budget. I think that is important to him. Yeah, I just, I mean, I will reserve my right to really make an opinion until I see another, probably this next year, you know, any more changes he makes. I, I just, I am worried for the games. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know if they need to be separate entities. I'm not sure, but I think the games is extremely important for CrossFit. And I just worry that it's gone way too corporate and I don't know. Things worry me. So what do you mean by corporate? I just, they're, it's too, everything is monetized. And I, I, I mean, I liked Glassman's libertarian views on things and how like it was handed off to the boxes to do what they want. I mean, they've brought in the, the cross. I feel like the health has even tried to like monetize and I don't, I don't want them to try to pull out money. That's not, that's not how I, when I, like when I got into CrossFit, that's not what drew me to it. And I liked that the boxes had their own autonomy and in ways to make more money themselves. So I would argue that even during the Glassman days, there was just as much monetization at the games. Reebok, ESPN, um, Progenics, Killcliffe. They, there were tons of sponsors, tons of partners. You need those people there to be able to, to carry this off. In the game space, yes, you definitely want as many sponsors coming in as you can. But that doesn't mean like, hey, give us your roster at your gym so we can put them into the CrossFit health space. Like, the, I think CrossFit itself is trying to make money off of the affiliates backs. See, I don't know anything about that. I, I'm not in a leadership place or even a coaching place in my gym um, to know what all that is. And so my focus is sport. I, I show up at a gym and I do workouts and I get healthy. Um, and that's all I know from the affiliate side. And I get to play in the open. It's Bruce. It's, I understand that Glassman said he used to lose money, but that doesn't get you very far in life. I mean, you can't continue to lose money year after year after year and have a sport continue to, to go on. Um, at some point they're just going to close the checkbook and then close the doors. That's just not realistic. Yeah. I, it to me it doesn't make sense that it should have lost money. The sport side of CrossFit brings in a lot. What and if that is because he was l allowing Dave to do too much and bring it, I don't know. Like because he had an open checkbook, he got a little crazy with some games. I don't know. It doesn't to me. It doesn't seem like they should lose money on the games, but it's not my business. Well, and that's not what we're here to talk about tonight because I have a million ideas of how to change change things so you don't lose money um, and simple fixes that I think Corey's talked about on this show about they, they could sell ad advertising on those streams and they don't like, I am sure RX smart gear would buy an ad victory grips, air complex born primitive. All of them would do that. Um, so that, to me, that's where they're, that's the biggest loss of revenue for the games because yeah. games sold out what a week after tickets went on sale. Like you're at capacity for ticket sales and you, you sold out last year. 
So like you're killing it there at the gate. You got to look at other revenue streams that aren't, aren't taking away from what's happening on the floor. And my God, like if you watch the stream, which thank God I don't have to do it as much anymore, but in between heats, you get that wide shot of the floor with nothing happening for yep. two minutes. You could sell four 30 second ads in between every heat. Yep. And, and there, it doesn't have to be like the ads on the stream don't have to, to adhere to the rules of a partner at the game, right? Like Falco Fuel is the official energy drink of the games, but you can sell C4 and ad on the stream, right? Happens all the time in the NFL. Happens all the time in the NBA that ad sales are different because they go to the stream right, as opposed to the partner at, at the location. That's a huge, huge loss of revenue, in my opinion. Yep. yep. And I think, I think the hell with doing the, the streams yourself, they, they, should, they should get to a point where they should be partnering with an ESPN or a FanDuel TV, or there's so many sports channels now. Let just sell it to them and let them run it. Have the rights to stream it, have the rights to rerun it, do all that stuff. And that's a revenue stream as opposed to an expense. Yeah. A wad zombie hits it right on the head. Been screaming 20 to 30,000 people watching the game stream. All of the major sponsors would pay extra for ads on there. Yeah. Um, so, so before we go, 30,000 foot level as an athlete, you heard the news. What were your initial thoughts? And then what, how do you feel today? Um, I guess I don't feel like I know enough about Berg's position to like make a informed decision on how that makes me feel. I, I would have rather seen like Dave Eubanks go personally. Jamie, on the internet, what? you don't have to know enough. You just throw out ideas. <laughs> I mean, just, we try to be different here. Yeah. It seems like it could be for the best on paper. So I, I like Dave. I, I've liked Dave's programming. I've like, like if he gets, I just don't know that that means he's going to have any say in programming. Like, I don't think it does. So I don't know what it's going to do. Maybe other than get him back in, in a role of like telling the story a little bit more, making that, that a little bit more exciting. I think that could only be for the best, but I don't know how it would affect me as an athlete. So I don't know. It is what it is. I think when you look at the missteps of the last few months, he's going to, he's going to at least be the approver of the programming. Perfect. That makes me happy. Because that, that's one of the things that needs fixed before you, you meet with partners and sponsors. I would I agree. It could be the same workout that Adrian has already put together. If Dave just comes in and shows them how to tell the story with it as a, and set it up on the floor different, that's a huge step. You don't have to change the workout, what it is, just change how the story is told on the floor. That is, I think, the most important aspect. And to ensure that enough testing is done on every workout that you don't have a big F up in the middle of the games. If yep, he does those two things, that's a huge step forward. I'm on board for that. 
So you excited for Madison? Yes, I'm extremely excited. There's so many stories now. <laughs> I know. Right. It's going to make our job a whole lot more fun when we're there in Madison because we're covering so many different things now. Mm-hmm. Well, we went an hour at this. I know. No, I'm wide awake. I started this thing like, man, I'm, I'm just barely hanging in there. So Wad Zombie says, I, it seems like a move. It seems like a move that was practical, but also political. It's just like any company a head has to roll. He was the GM of sport. If you've ever been in charge of anything, everything is your fault. I have experienced it that if you're midway up the tier, you're the head that rolls. And yeah. that's about where Justin was, somewhere in that mid-level yeah. mid range, right? But I also think it was time for a change. And I think that Dawn, you know, it's it's been known that Dawn and Dave have a, a relationship. They've They knew each other before Dawn became the CEO of CrossFit. So I'm not shocked that he moved Dave back into a position that makes sense for him. Plus, we talked to Don in Pasadena. He said he went to Kalipa's gym for, what, eight years? Something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's, I don't, if you watch Death By, there's no bigger proponent for Dave being at the helm again than Jason Kalipa. So, I, I think that, again, from a CEO perspective, you got through 2023, you got all of your sponsors and partners lined up for this year's games. Justin Berg's job was done. You fire him now or you give him the choice to leave and you bring on Dave and it's a huge impact. It's probably something he's been thinking about for six months and just waiting for the right moment in between what that job needs to do, right? You got your, your partners and sponsors for this year. They're coming in for the games in six weeks. Let's get Dave up to speed so he can take that over. And then he will wine and dine them at the games this year. And that's all I got to say about that. Thank you, Ken, uh. for the Forrest Gump lot. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, I do think that I, there are, there are those, I said, Mick, I, coming in, I have mixed emotions. I think it's a good thing and I think it's a needed thing, but Dave has to change those few things or we're right kind of back in the, the muck that we were in before. Mm -hmm. So with that guys, you guys are awesome. I uh, love you all. Thanks for hanging out with us this is so late on a Wednesday night. Um, and we will see everybody tomorrow night on the actual Thursday night CrossFit talk where Jamie and I will rank the 40 women who qualified for the CrossFit games from 40 to one. And then we'll come back after the games and see how good or poorly we have done. Yes. So with that, uh, thanks to our sponsors, Wild Health and uh, C4 Energy. You guys are the best as well. And um, yeah, awesome. Can't wait to spend another night with you tomorrow night. And everybody raving about your looks and your arms and everything like that. <laughs> I'm just mashed potatoes sitting over here in my live center. With that, I, do what I, I can. will tomorrow night on Thursday at CrossFit Talk. Bye, guys. See you soon. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at c4energy.com 
That's c4energy.com. And now back to the interview. <laughs> 